Well, hello, and thank you for being here. Welcome to Hear Her Sports, the podcast of long-form, intimate profiles of female athletes breaking boundaries, speaking up, and living with power and confidence. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery. Today, I am talking to Grace Gonzalez, one of the five founders of the exciting new running team, Angel City Elite, or ACE. The team's mission is to represent, achieve, and empower. ACE is committed to using their platform, stories, and partnerships with other local initiatives to increase BIPOC representation in the running community. They want the sport to broaden its reach of inclusivity and to truly become a community for those who have ever felt marginalized to achieve their greatest dreams. Grace and I have a really great conversation about the team's beginnings, falling out of yoga and then noticing its importance, what post-COVID racing feels like, and it's really one of the best conversations I've heard about it, prayer runs, how to deal with doubt, and the team's big goals of seeing a real difference in diversity in the next Olympic trials. There are also some cool training details that I found fun to hear about. I hope you do as well. But before we meet Grace Gonzalez and hear about Angel City Elite, I want to share another women-focused sporty podcast. It's Keeping Track, hosted by Molly Huddle, Alicia Montano, and Roisin McGettigan-Dumas, designed to elevate our fellow women in sport. These stellar runners hope to amplify stories of female athletes in the track and field world, as well as female coaches and leaders in the running industry and beyond. They are three Olympians, two moms, and one current pro coming together to help promote coverage of women's sport and talk about issues they are passionate about. The hosts are fun to listen to and hear chat about their guests and other topics in running. Recent episodes include interviews with three-time Olympian and superstar shot putter Michelle Carter and indoor 3,000-meter Irish record holder and cancer survivor Mary Cullen. All of this totally aligns with what we do at Hear Her Sports, so I'm thrilled to be doing some cross-promotions with them. Keeping Track comes out once a month and can be found in all the usual places, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Or find more about the hosts and transcripts of episodes on their website, keeping-track.com. And now on to meet today's guest. Joining me here today is runner Grace Gonzalez from the recently announced elite distance running team, Angel City Elite, based in Los Angeles and sponsored by Brooks. In addition to being an elite runner, Grace is an educator and yoga facilitator. Her family is filled with runners, so running has been a part of Grace's life from a very young age. She raced in college, but after an injury, she stopped running competitively as she earned a graduate degree in teaching and pursued a non-running career. She missed training seriously, however, so picked it back up again about four years later. One of Grace's career highlights is the 2020 U.S. Olympic team trials in Atlanta, where she ran a 2.47. Her PR is a 2.41.52. For Grace, the return has been surreal. She never imagined the possibility of returning at this level or being on an elite team created with a goal of diversifying running and bringing change to the running world. Grace continues to find the sweet spot of running, balance in life, and creating her path. She is continuously reminded of her favorite quote, through all the journeys of life, there is no end to the adventures that we can have if only we seek them with our eyes open. Thank you, Grace, for being on the show and congratulations on the new team. It's like, what a fantastic thing. Yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's surreal. You know, it sounds silly. Uh, it doesn't sound silly, but it, it just, to think about that is the reality, it feels crazy, but then <laughs> that's the reality. Yeah. yeah. But it's awesome. 
Well, you know, your background is so interesting. You know, your running background is so interesting. Could we start with that? You know, like, I'd like to hear more about your father being a legacy LA Marathon, for example. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so for those who are unfamiliar with a legacy runner, my father has done every single LA Marathon since the beginning. So since the very first one, every year has returned. I think this is like going, I'm not 100% sure, but this is going on year 38, 39. So for the past 38, 39 years, he has showed up, my family has showed up to some extent at the LA Marathon, whether it's to support or whether it's one of us joining him and running or whether it's just him. Most of the time, it's my whole family or some aspect of my whole family, multiple of us doing the LA Marathon. So yeah, he is a legacy runner and that's kind of been a tradition of my family to do that. And so I've been around the marathon my whole life. And he initially started out interested in the marathon because he was a professional boxer. And boxing does take a lot of running. And he figured, I run this much, let's just challenge myself and do a marathon. And then he kept doing it. And they started a legacy team. And that kind of kept the motivation to show up every year for the LA Marathon, because it's quite a specialty to be on this legacy. LA Marathon really supports their legacy runners. There's a huge group of them. They're all very proud. And so it's very inspiring to see a group of people who've done it since the first one in the age range of them all. I can't believe there's a huge group of them. Yeah, they they meet up for runs, they celebrate after the marathon, they keep in touch. Yeah. That's very cool. In a recent post, you mentioned running as medicine. What is running for you? And also, you know, what is the connection of running to your heritage? So my father's journey with his marathon is one connection to running that I have. But on top of that, and in addition to running marathons and stuff, my family and I have always culturally been connected to running, doing uh, prayer runs. And these runs I've, I've done with my family and with community and for ceremony as part of ceremony from a young age as well. And part of those is prayers for various things happening in our world. And I remember being six, seven years old on a prayer run with my friends for water. Until this day, we still see these prayer runs. We see it a lot more common now, these prayer runs, these medicine runs happening for various reasons for a form of, uh, I guess you could say activism. But in the sense, running is medicine and is part of prayer because it connects you to the elements outside of it. And on top of it, you know, they talk about vibrations and vibrations and things being connected. Every time your foot touches the ground, you're sending a vibration to the earth. And that's kind of like intentionally setting when you step, whatever your thoughts are, that's part of your prayer and laying down those foundations. And most of the time these prayer runs are done in spaces where that prayer is needed. Uh, And so they're just different intentions. And it's kind of like a multitude of setting the intentions. I have this on my mind, I have it on my heart, and I'm going to move with it in motion and in action and with prayer and have that carry my movement. So that's one aspect of running as medicine. But even then, it comes as medicine in the sense of even if it's not prayer in a form of activism and something you need just for yourself, there's times even now that I run because I, I mentally, uh, mental health, mental wellness need it. It's my form of outlet. It's my form of expression. And 
it helps me connect to my thoughts. It helps me connect to things in, in my daily life that might be stressing me. So it's also medicine in the sense that movement is medicine and being able to move your physical space clears the mental clarity, clears the spiritual clarity. And so movement is medicine, running is medicine. I've heard of prayer runs before, but don't really know that much about them. Do you get together with other people, other runners and do it? Or is this something that you're doing on your own? Or both. both? <laughs> yeah. Both. Yeah. So some sometimes they're organized and it's very organized in the sense of there is a route outlined and there's a big group of people and the runs are coordinated in the sense of people staggered. I'm going to run one mile. You're going to run one mile. Some of them are within the community and same thing. There's an intention for it. There's a group of people who are going to run from point A to point B. And those points have some significance to what that prayer is or what that purpose is. And it's a little bit smaller and everyone runs together. And, and for me, I mean, it's a way of life. This form of prayer is a way of life where it doesn't need to be organized. And sometimes I go out and it's, it's technically a regular run day. But for me, I set an attention of like, I'm going to show up, no music. I'm going to purposely pick this spot because it coordinates with what I'm trying to trying to put intentions out there. And so I even do it on my own. It doesn't it doesn't need to be something that's announced. It doesn't need to be something that's 100 percent organized, but it, it, it can be organized and it can be kind of just solo. Right. Has your relationship with these prayer runs and also with running changed during the past year during COVID? I, I have seen a lot more prayer runs in regards to bringing awareness to certain things. Uh, but personally, in regards to myself, I think my running in the in the midst of COVID was a lot of that that mental uh, wellness sure. and physical wellness. My running kind of turned into just a general wellness versus like, I'm training to compete. I'm training for this. It was just kind of on the, uh, I don't want to say lower end of running relationship uh, because it, it's not a lower end. It's just another channel of running. I felt such a greater connection to being outside or, or the greater importance to being outside during this past year. Yeah. Well, let's get into the new team, Angel City Elite. You know, I'd like to dive deeper into the mindset that created the group. You know, that moment of deciding to put something big like this together is always so interesting. You know, what's also interesting is that you, like so many women I'm seeing, are actually doing something versus simply talking about it. And I think so many of us are tired, you know, about the lack of change that we're seeing. So I'd like to hear more about that. And, you know, what was the impetus and how did that impact you enough to actually do something? Yeah, we all were familiar with each other before formally coming together as a team. And I think part of us syncing together happened to be we found resemblance in one another. Because when we traveled for races or when it came to races, you know, there's community. And also it's just difference when you see yourself being represented or you see yourself of like. And there's times that we've gone to races. And especially some of us have moments of traveling for races and it's still being a very obvious difference of who's at the start line. And then even then traveling in those spaces and getting certain comments or getting being treated a little bit differently and going out of state, you know, not, not a lot of people get to travel and have those experiences. But for us, that was also another kind of like, it's not just immediate, but it's also 
this awareness of when we travel outside. Those were things we had talked about and mentioned before. And then we went to trials. And of course, we, we familiar with each other, kind of stuck together. And we also noticed it felt more surreal. The Olympic trials was packed, um, whether it be someone competing or whether it be someone supporting. There were crowds all over the place. And even amongst all of those crowds, it felt even more significant. And so Sabrina was actually the one who was the first to bring it up and voice it of, of recognizing that and said she wanted to do something about it and had the idea of what if we come together as a team, a formal team, and not only create and be that representation, continue to be that representation. So kind of like there's power in numbers, right? We're all individuals and people know us, but if we form together, maybe we could put a little bit more out there. And so not only be representation, but somehow start to create a shift or somehow starting to to make awareness and change. So Olympic trials was February 2020. Discussion of this started coming about February, March. So right after the Olympic trials. And it just so happened um, during that time, there was a lot of stuff revolving around COVID, stuff revolving around equity, stuff around racial justice and whatnot happening where it felt even more of a push. And we felt more inclined and called to it. But we also had to step back and question, like, are we up for this? Because as you mentioned, it's, it's more than just Saying, but also really trying to do something. And we, we acknowledge that if this is something we're going to put out there, we really have to be committed to it. And so we kind of set out some goals and what we could do and started creating a mission and vision. And we pitched our ideas to some possible sponsors. That's a great story. Can we go back? And if you're willing to answer, you know, you talked about getting comments and feeling uncomfortable when you're traveling or maybe noticing simply that, you know, you were one of very few while you were traveling. So I'm just wondering, you know, is this something that you were feeling all the time? You know, like, how was it impacting sort of daily travel, daily racing, daily running? Yeah, I know some of the other ladies have mentioned having experiences. But personally, for me, it was noticeable all the time. Um, especially coming up to the starting line, or especially when it came to being at the start line in the elite stance, like people looking at you. And then even then when you're racing and people find resemblance in you, you hear it and they're cheering. You hear you hear the comments of like, hey, look at that girl. She looks like me. She has my skin color. And you you can hear it in their voices or in their cheering, or even with kids, like their eyes glow up and stuff. Um, who find resemblance in you. I I feel like that happens often for me personally. And the other thing is is comments of people who aren't familiar in the running world. I am a community organizer. I, I've done various support in regards to equity and stuff. And so sometimes when I would comment on, I run, yes, and I run elite, people would say, isn't that a white person sport? Like, how are you? I've gotten that several times, like running the wow. white person sport. And then I obviously kind of feel indifferent because it is true in the sense of like, okay, I see where you're coming from. And also like, I kind of feel a jab from that. Like, I don't know. Sure. Um, 
I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I know I've definitely, when people say that, I feel a jab about it. Um, well, you know, I think it's interesting because what sometimes happens is if there are not, you know, if it's mostly a white sport, then it's assumed that other people can't do it. But that's, of course, not true. Yeah. Well, and then that goes back to the whole equity thing, um, because it does take a lot of it does take a lot shoes, gear, travel and stuff right. to to then be beyond just like if you're high school or college. You know, I think I think the idea of it being a sport is kind of a little bit more lenient. But when it comes to being an adult and that's like something you actively partake in, uh, it, it does come out to cost a lot and to be a part of and to do. Granted, it, I don't think it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. And also there's a lot going on with new watches, new shoes and, you know, switching of shoes and whatnot. It looks different for everyone and it doesn't always have to be that kind of like top tier thing. Running is running. It doesn't have to look a certain way in order to be your sport or in order to be, you know, enough. Did you have trouble transitioning from, from you know, running with your family in the L.A. marathons, which, you know, because you grew up with it, it, it was just sort of natural to becoming competitive and thinking of yourself as an elite runner? Yes and no. I'm the youngest of three or four. I'm the youngest. I have three older siblings. I'm the youngest of four. <laughs> and being that running was a part of my family and being the youngest, my older siblings also partook in running in high school and they were state champions on their team and stuff. So the whole idea of performing and like the competitiveness, I think has always been around, but the extent and that kind of like bar of how far can it go is a little bit of a difference. My older brothers did end up going to college under scholarship for running and they're about seven years older than me. So even for me, I knew it was a possibility. But when it came time for me to go to college, like I didn't even think that as an option. But I kind of also knew it was since I was watching my brothers do it. But they also came from the winning state champions and stuff. And I wasn't I never had those experiences. So I think maybe I put myself like, oh, like that's their journey. And I don't think that's my journey. And that's okay. And then similar kind of they, they, I guess I followed in their footsteps, they kind of finished running and I thought, okay, that's the next thing. So when it came to college, like I finished running and this whole elite, like my family's always been supportive of running, obviously. And when it comes to elite recently, it's been a little bit tricky because I can't partake in the LA marathon the same way because I have to be mindful of my training, mindful of my goals. So not so much the elite. And then when it comes to the LA marathon, I actually did the LA marathon the week after the trials Whoa. last year. <laughs> um, so I did back-to-back -back marathons Wow. and started in the elite field in both of them. Um, so that whole thing, even as I transitioned to elite, it'd be like, oh, I'm in corral A and my family's in a different corral. That means like if I want a good position, I have to separate from them earlier on. So in the beginning, it was always like them trying to get me to be in the place that I need to be to be my best. And then also kind of being hard because then that means I'm on a different timeline. I have to jump on the buses at a different time. I'm at the start line alone. In those sense, when it comes to the LA Marathon and the times that I've participated in it, 
while being elite and them still being there, like those have been the only differences, but I mean, not too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the things that's very appealing about ACE is that supporting others is part of the mission right from the get-go. What programs are you developing right now? Yeah. So part of that, we've had some people ask, you know, are you focusing on just diversifying elite? And for us, that's not the case because in order for there to be elite, you also have, it's kind of a backwards domino. You have to start back at square one, right? So that means community, that means college, that means high school. So we're kind of a multi-range of partnerships. And because we're still uh, kind of figuring out how we want to approach this, um, we want to have a wide range, but also know we are we are also all professionals on the side. Like we're not 100% professional runners. We all have a career on the side. And on top of doing this, we've realized it's become really a second job because it's a lot of work behind the scenes of managing and having meetings on top of after a work day and having to coordinate schedules and stuff. So we're trying to strategize whether we want to partner yearly with some LA folks. And right now we're working with, we're looking to support the LA series in regards to like the LA marathon and working within that community first, and then branching out to some other community groups and supporting their development with their runners, whether it be pacing, whether it be doing different events with them. Is there something in particular that you're looking forward to working on? For example, it sounds like, you know, long-term anyway, that you're thinking about all age brackets. So I was just wondering if there was a area that you guys are thinking about that is of specific interest to you. I think the core of that comes down to inspiring and empowering others to kind of go after those goals and or things that seem unreachable or unattainable and supporting them and getting there whatever field that may be, youth, mentoring them, whether it be community or not. And I think that's mostly what I'm excited for is these partnerships and to start like supporting people and going after things that don't seem uh, reachable, but kind of guiding them to, to know that it can be achieved. Well, that's the other thing that I really like about your guys' mission and what you're doing is that, you know, it's it's you're supporting others, but you're also being very aware that you want everybody to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not sort of dismissing the running competitive aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and yeah, uh, we've had some folks reach out in the sense of like, how do you balance the career and the elite running? And that's kind of just sharing some of those things. If that's what your goal is, like, this is what some of us have done. Or some people, it's just getting the runs in and like, how do you do that, whether it be elite or not? And and that's that's what it is. Some people are like, I want to get into running. I want to get in, or I want to get into something active. And also, I don't know how to find the time. Um, and it's kind of creating those little pockets of like, this is how we can do it. How are you doing it? I mean, particularly now that you're adding all the work from <laughs> from Angel City Elite. Yeah, you know what? For me... I was a full-time teacher and I stepped back from full-time teaching to have some of that flexibility. And because 
I found myself wanting to do a little bit more, wanting to shift some of that. So with, even within my career, I found some shift and kind of running. It gave a balance where I could step back and kind of focus on that shift in career, give a balance and flexibility to running and also create my own path in regards to life because I, I do also kind of contracted yoga work and stuff on the side. And it allows me to be in different areas that inspire me, that motivate me, that I feel passionate about versus kind of being in one. And so that's been helpful for me, although it's not, it, it's, it was a challenge too. <laughs> and right now, because of COVID and stuff, that kind of, prolonged I was planning to go back to full-time teaching but because of COVID and what teaching looked like this year it's extended that whole time to be part-time educator part-time runner part-time entrepreneur part-time so because I have a lot of these part-time things it's 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 fitting for me because I kind of create my schedule and have that flexibility I'm not pushing Brooks, although I do run in Brooks' shoes, but their sponsorship has been so supportive. And I just, it's very, it's impressive that they came on board so fully and are supporting you, not just, you know, with shoes, but with full support. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. When creating the mission and vision and having some of our goals, whether it be short term, like those partnerships, and then long term in like in the next four years, we hope to branch out enough that we see a difference at the next trials. And then we have some goals beyond that if everything lines up. And part of how are we going to make this happen was making sure we found someone who was in agreement with that. It's more than just a seat at the table and representation, but we're at some point we're also going to push a little bit more. And Brooks was was on board to to support that. Have they been able to help you in ways that you didn't expect, or offer suggestions that you hadn't expected? Yeah, you know, we like I said, we we took it serious, and they were open to us right away, and they gave us space to to kind of keep figuring things out. And they didn't give us pressure or anything, and we were kind of surprised of that. And it was kind of like, when you're ready, okay, how's it going in the check-in and stuff. And even then, you know, we've gotten the question of where's the action at right now. And Brooke's also reminding us like, Hey, you're human. And all of you also carry a career. Let's strategize how to approach this. So it's sustainable and not a burnout. Nice. So, I mean, those are things like having that, that feedback and having that response and that approach kind of also helps keeps us grounded. And we didn't expect that. That's great. Do you all train together or, or how are you balancing training with a team and training solo? Yeah. So right now we are all in different, uh, I guess, seasons and modes. I am back on roads and focusing on half and the full marathon. I did a little track stint and then two of the others are doing track. And so us all being in different places right now because of COVID and figuring out navigating our training, we're in different places where we meet up when we can to do long runs. Um, when I was doing track, I was meeting up with Andrea and on the long runs, we would meet up together as a group. But now because we're kind of 
focusing on different things that has been a little bit less than usual. So hopefully when we all come back together for the, the marathon, all returning back to the marathon part, we'll see a little bit more of the training. And for the most part in the weekdays, we don't train too often together just because we're all in different careers. And some of us have different time schedules in regards to work. And we use a lot of our weekends to, to come together and do those either a focused long run or a focused long run workout, whatever it may be. Do you like training by yourself or with groups better? You know what? I've, I've go back and forth. <laughs> I find it like a, a whole journey and path. Personally, I think both a balance is necessary. I like training solo because it helps me work on feeling confident in myself when I am solo. That's confidence is always, and that mental game is always something I'm working on. And it's easier for me to work in a group, which is nice because it's comforting and, it, and it's a confidence booster. And also I struggle to do that same performance when I'm solo. So it's kind of a, a goal of mine to pick it up on the solo end because I know I can do it. It's just, it's a little bit more of a mental game for me. I personally am working to have a balance of the two to work on that. <laughs> but then I also enjoy the company. Right. It's nice that you have both. Yeah. yeah. What does your week look like in terms of training? Right now, I am like a month away from my goal marathon. Oh, what's over that? Over a month. A grandma's marathon. Okay. So June 21st, 22nd. Great. Yeah. And I'm actually doing a race this weekend in Washington. So it's kind of a first race feel that I'm glad I could get because it kind of simulates what my travel will be for grandmas and, and whatnot, especially during this COVID time and like different restrictions and stuff. I kind of get to practice what it is to carry a mask and having that ready to go. But right now, since I'm, I'm on the later end of a marathon training, which is a weird time because I also was kind of focusing on track for a little bit, but it's kind of just that rust buster of back into kind of a rhythm of training and racing. I've been at about 60, 70 miles a week, two workouts a week. And last weekend I did my first long run workout, which I, I realize I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> How long was it? It was 18 miles uh -huh. and seven mile tempo at the end. So, and, and that was the other thing of doing it solo that it's kind of been scary. The last few marathon buildups I've worked with who are now my teammates. Um, but we came together before to, to train and do these long runs together. And it was easy to click away 18 miles tempo and whatnot. And like I said, doing it solo, I'm kind of like, ah, scared for what it, what it's going to be like and having to um, work with myself mentally. But I'm also excited because I'm only going to get stronger on my own too and working on that. So it was exciting to get the first one out. <laughs> yeah. My impression of LA is it's very hilly. Are you running in the hills? So LA is our central point. All of us live in surrounding places within LA. Got it. So when we train in LA, there are parts that are hilly, like we can go on trails, but it's not too crazy hilly. Personally, I live in an area where I have a balance of I can have hilly and I can have flat. So how do you feel about the hills? I'm okay with the hills. Cool. 
yeah, I'm all, I'm I'm okay with the hills. It's it's a challenge, and also I like it. <laughs> We've talked about that running is medicine, and I'm always interested about sort of competition versus training, and particularly since your running has this other component, which I think a lot of runners have. I think you know we get into that meditative state often. How do you approach competition and what's your interest in competition? And, and is it different from when you just go train or this idea of running as medicine? Like, how do all those work together? Really, for me, the competition is myself. The competition is with myself. And on race day, the competition is with myself. And like everyone else within the competition and the race with me is just we're all support of each other. That's my perspective. I didn't realize competition in running until late high school and college. And I think that's part of where I struggled to come back from because I had this idea of competition that to bounce back and this is what it was supposed to look like and be like and feel like in regards to competition. And because it wasn't there, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was good enough. Um, and that because I couldn't compete and because I couldn't perform that, like I was done. <laughs> and so that shifted my perspective in the competition and having others around is nice. And it's also a support and a booster, but the real competition is myself. So when you get to a start line, like when you're at the start line of grandma's, what have you planned in terms of strategy or what are you thinking about when you're on that line? Like, what are your goals for, you know, to get to the finish line? So when it comes to that, knowing myself, I, I get in my head if I have too much of a plan. <laughs> so I kind of have an idea. I always have three goals in mind and I have an idea of where I'm supposed to be at certain parts, but I don't, do a every mile goal or anything just because it's it's a 26 mile race and it's going to change and so when I get to the start line it's just telling myself here reminding myself of my goals and reminding myself okay if at this point this is what it looks like then this is what I move to and this is what I move to it's a lot of check-in with myself mm -hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot of check-in with myself and it, that changes from the beginning point to the middle point to the end point. And so I try not to get too ahead at the start line. The start is always just start comfortable, start strong, get in a rhythm, like take in the setting and find someone to work with. So like, I, again, the people around could be competition, or in the sense is competition, but really it's like find someone to, to work with and you guys support each other. Do you go by feel? Do you watch a watch? Neither. I, I go by feel. <laughs> um, a lot of the times I go by feel and then I check in with my watch periodically, but I don't go by my watch. And for example, this grandma's race, do you have sort of in your head, at least roughly a pace that you want to keep? I mean, yeah, I guess that's a question. Yeah, I'm still trying to navigate that with myself and my coach just because of COVID. And I'm, I knew I was going to do grandma's and I knew that 
well, I've been signed up for this for like half a year, but we also didn't know what this time was going to look like, whether it was still going to be possible or happen. So we didn't know we planned for it. And also we were ready to switch gears or know that, Hey, it might not happen and do what's in front of us right now, which was track and knowing like, okay, if things are still green looking good, then we'll switch. So because of this, this, year being off of running and stuff it's I'm still unsure of what I'm capable of but I do feel I do feel ready and I think it's just a matter of like filling it out as we continue to get close and just continue to be mindful of the little things between now and and race day I do have some times in mind in regards to my PR, my personal best with it, and what I feel like as that being achievable. And it's kind of, it's a a rust buster in the sense of like, okay, let's see where things are right now to prepare for another goal one in fall. I had surgery last June, and it was kind of convenient because not many races were happening. Olympic trials just happened. What was next was in question. And the doctors required me to, to be off for about two months. Mm. So I took, I had a long stand of time that I wasn't training. And then the question of, okay, what's next? How do we train? What do we train for? Was also kind of a wash of just building base and just mileage. So it's been, it's just been a different year in training as well, where that rhythm, this is kind of just finding that rhythm again. Right. How do you handle doubt when, if it shows up, when it shows up, can I say when it shows up? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Compassion. Doubt when it shows up is, is knowing that you know, I've done this before. And as long as I'm doing my best, and I know I'm putting my best in, then that's what it is. Because every day is different. You know, I could perform one thing one day and another day it'd be off for whatever reason. But not being hard on myself, but knowing that it is capable, it is in reach. And that just wasn't the day. And the compassion of knowing that I continue to move forward and continue to put my best in and continue to show up however that looked. And then when it comes to like the questions and the doubts in the middle of a race or whatnot, I go back to finding my purpose. I go back to finding my own strength. I go back to um, my community and my prayers. I go back to things that, that keep me grounded. We sort of answered this a little bit, or you sort of answered this already talking about grandmas, but you know, it feels to me like a really weird time right now. It's sort of like a transition time, like races are happening, but we don't really know, as you talked about. How are you approaching the races after grandmas and maybe into the fall when another transition will happen? Like, what are you planning for or not planning for? So I'm planning to use this as a springboard to see where I'm at. And then to know that, like, for the most part, things should be in the clear. I can go back to a regular training schedule in regards to building the mileage in regards to using kind of half marathon racing as kind of the the progress monitoring of where I'm at versus there hasn't been around. So right now it's kind of like 
uh, I don't really know. I'm only going to get one in just to kind of know what it feels like and what the experience is. So this is the springboard to see where I'm at and then get back into a transition of hopefully a regular routine of training, putting a fall late winter marathon on the board in hopes with my teammates, us all doing the similar ones or one around a similar time and training together, which will be a, a, a new thing, us getting an official block of training together. Yeah. That'll be a new transition as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And you mentioned that you have a coach and personally, is there anything that you guys are working on to improve? Like is something specific that you've been working on the last months? Well, that was track. Right. <laughs> and just getting through track. Uh, it was, it was a, I hadn't been on a track or raced track for over nine years. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had high expectations of like, Hey, I'm going to get close to my personal best and stuff. I, I should be able to. And that completely was not it. Um, track was just, going back to humbling me, I, I was having a hard time hitting my times. My body was is training for marathons the past few years and this long distance, like it put a stent in there. I, I, you know, do some small speed work, but not anything focused where that showed up. Hmm. And it drove me to want to like, keep pushing and keep working on it. And then also it's like, wait, but I have grandmas. Um, so that was kind of a focus that we had and working on like not trying to to take it personal that I was struggling and also just knowing this is something that we want to work on and putting that in more consistently and also knowing that we could come back next track season. We have a whole year to throw a little bit more speed work in there and come back and see what it's like next year and hopefully it'll be a different experience and that it was a reminder of like, it's not always going to be high peaks and there's going to be those valleys that remind us of going back to the foundations of, okay, what do we want to build on? We got to start somewhere. This is a start. There's always so much to work on. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that, that was something that we were working on and that's kind of something we're taking away and like, okay, we're switching to marathon. And also we know we have this goal. That's cool. That's actually really cool. Can we get nerdy and talk equipment? Like, obviously, you're using Brooks sneakers. What, what else are you using? Do you have special clothing that you like for the hot and the cold? Yeah. Are you, are you picky about socks? I am not picky about socks. This is actually the first time I've been able to experience swapping of shoes and or having multiple pairs of shoes to work in in training. So something new to me and getting familiar with shoes, which is fun and exciting because I feel more uh, adept to answer these questions. What model are you liking? The Glycerin. Cool. I was training in Brooks before all of this. So I, I felt familiar with the trainers. I, I had moved through the trainers. I also had some of their racing. I, I raced in Brooks for my marathons and stuff. Although the model I had was like, way old but I really liked it so I kept to it but now um I I train in the tempos for my workouts and I use those on my workout days and then I use my glycerin on the easy and I swap between my long runs with my glycerins and I'm looking to wear the Hyperion elites for my races great 
I tested it out on my long run and it felt good. Since most of my weekly training is solo and in the mornings, I need a lot of pockets. I'm mm -hmm. a big pocket person. My phone, pepper spray, key, whistle, you know, and I used to use one of the little, you know, belts you carry around your waist. I feel it move with me, which is fine. I've gotten used to it. But the magic of Brooks shorts and tights that have pockets in them and that carry all of that carry my phone, have a lot of pockets that nicely carry my uh, whistle and my keys and all of that has definitely been nice because then I don't have that bounce of all those things on my waist. <laughs> and it's been convenient. And that's the same thing with they have a three pocket drive bra that carries a phone. Oh, wow. And so again, for my long run, that's going to be my long run go to for the next month. They are out of my sizes in the other colors. So I just have one that's just going to get worn out because it carries my phone and it has other pockets to carry my goose. And my, like I said, all of the other things, my keys and whatnot. So I'm a big pocket person, whether it be on the bras or the shorts. Are you drinking? Are you fueling during runs? Yeah. Um, right now I'm just using noon, but in the next few weeks, I'm going to transition. I've been using Morton in previous races. Got it. And how are you carrying all that? Well, that's that's an, <laughs> that's another tricky thing. Is in the past, uh, luckily working with Andrea, her fiance would ride along with us and do the water and do the music and do all of that. Wow. And now going back to being on my own, I'm trying to figure out whether I'm going to plant those bottles somewhere on the trail beforehand. Uh, ask someone to bike with me. I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Right. Yeah. And does nutrition play a big role in your training? I mean, afterwards and, you know, are you really concerned about the 20 minute window of recovery drinks or whatever, for example? I'm not concerned about the window. Like I don't watch everything to a T in the sense of time and whatnot, but I always have something with me and it naturally is within that 20 minute window. <laughs> I do, uh, you know, multivitamin um, every day and I do certain proteins and stuff. I have a few different proteins that I use for after workout for in the middle of the day. And every now and then I'll take blood just because I've had my iron low a few times. So I'll take some iron supplements. But I kind of mindful of that because I know you can also be too much, too mm -hmm. high in iron. So I kind of just intuitive. Uh, my whole nutrition is very intuitive. And I'm kind of just kind of keep an eye of when I last took my iron, when's the next time. And in regards to other things, I'm intuitive in knowing that I need to have something in my body right after I run just to support the recovery and the nutrition. So it, let it be a snack or whatnot. Same thing, I tend to crave meat after a long run or a very harder effort. So I take that as a sign for myself <laughs> and I have something that kind of fulfills that. I kind of just eat intuitively. Yeah. Do you have a favorite recipe? Ooh, <laughs> no, not a go-to, but turkey wraps have been one of my recent go-tos. I go in waves of things. But turkey wraps with ginger and sriracha have been one Ooh. of my current ones. Yeah. And uh, gosh, 
I want to say zucchini lasagna, but it's eggplant, eggplant lasagna. I'm like, it's not zucchini though. <laughs> Do you make that yourself? Uh, either myself, um, currently with COVID, I, I'm also with my parents. So my parents also help a lot with that. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you this question because I have to be probably the worst stretchers in the world. So I'm assuming you do lots of stretching and yoga because you teach yoga. Yeah, so I do. And then also with COVID, I got into this slump of out of my routine. And recently I've been getting back into my routine with the stretching. I did a lot of yoga for both. Um, Yoga for kind of that strength, that body weight strength. And also yoga for kind of the restorative yoga for the stretching. And so I did, you know, we're human, we fall out of certain habits and stuff, especially when things become weird. And I I fell out of it. And you know, you go through those phases, because it's a reminder of like, those things did make a difference into how I feel and how I feel strong and how I feel relaxed in my recovery. And that was kind of a aha thing for me in the middle of the track. And it's like, okay, what things am I not doing that I were doing before that I need to get back to? And yoga comes in a lot for those reasons. Yoga is also a multitude, just like running is a multitude of go-to for me. Yoga is also a multitude of go-to for me. Do you find that it's hard to fit in everything that you would like to fit in, in terms of your training and, you know, extras like yoga? Yeah. Um, So I have to be intentional. I have to pick and choose what my focus is and also knowing that, you know, again, yeah, I'm human wearing a lot of roles and a lot of hats and I got to do my best. So I kind of have an idea of goals. So at least two times a week, intentional yoga where it's more strength. And then three times a week, it's recovery, recovery based. Because if it's not one or the other, I used to be like, oh, I got to do it all. I got to do a strengthened one and a restorative one, but that's not realistic. (laughs) So kind of just picking and choosing that way I keep that balance in. Because of virtual teaching and remote teaching, it's kind of been helpful to be able to get that all in. Mm. Um, Because yes, yes, that travel time really makes a huge difference especially since I have, you know, a yoga mat here, I have some weights here, I have some, those little pockets of windows and time really add up and make a difference, especially when it comes to like a middle of the day nap, you know, (laughs) even when it comes to recovery of like icing or taking a breather outside. That's kind of been the beauty in that part is having that extra time to do those little things. Well, this has been really terrific. Before we go, though, is there anything that uh, I missed that you'd like to talk about? No, I think we we covered a lot, a lot of fun things in in regards to personal and ACE and training. Thank you for creating the space to to share that with everyone. Well, I'm so thrilled about your team, and I'm so thrilled that you took time to talk to us. Thank you for inspiring and taking action. I love it. It's great. It's an exciting thing, and I am excited to see all the things that come of it with our goals that we have. Yeah. I'm also very appreciative of the amount of work that you guys are have done, are doing, and will be doing. You know, I think from the outside, sometimes it looks like, oh, they put a team together. Great. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. It, and you know what? I That was something I didn't share, but 
COVID and us being in this, like, what do we train for? And us kind of having a step back from that racing world and that kind of like training to compete world gave us the space to meet and talk and have the capacity to, to develop it. And to be honest, that year, like when they ask, what did you do during majority of the year? We met Zoom after Zoom after Zoom working to create this via text message and stuff. Like it it really was a year of work behind the scenes. Sure. Yeah. Well, again, congratulations and thank you. Of course. Thank you. Well, a big thank you to Grace for joining us this week to generously talk about her training and the new team Angel City Elite. Be sure to follow the team and the other four runners, Sabrina Lopez de la Cruz, Andrea Aguera, Valerie Sanchez, and Grace Grams Amudio. There are links to all of that in the show notes at hearhersports.com. We would love for you to join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hearhersports. For only $5 a month, you will receive monthly special Patreon-only content. That content so far has included guest recipes, episode outtakes, and never-before-heard interviews. Supporting non-mainstream media outlets working to improve the coverage of women's sports has a really big impact, so we thank you. You can also support the pod by buying books through our bookshop page at hearhersports.com books. So you never miss an episode, subscribe for free to Hear Her Sports on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or really wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember, while 44% of athletes are women, only 4% of the media coverage is about women. And that still remains true after three decades of being studied. Hear Her Sports aims to shift that scale while inspiring women to be their best. This is Elizabeth Emery for Hear Her Sports, and until next time, bye-bye. That was a terribly phrased question. (laughs) Sorry about that. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.